Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Good morning. It's always a privilege to share from God's Word. So uh, if there's a Bible near you, you might want to turn to Luke chapter 24. We're looking at uh, the encounter on the Emmaus Road, um, which is a post-Easter story. And I'm aware that Mike preached on this passage not so long ago, but uh, it was very much laid on my heart for this morning. There's a couple of particular things that I believe we need to see today. So we're going to read from verse 13 to 35. Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And they talked and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one living in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, this is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if they were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So we're probably all familiar with this story. Um, it's one of those many-layered, many-textured bits of scripture, which we can keep on looking at again and again. So let's start by just trying to imagine ourselves in the mindset of these two people. They were clearly two of the wider group of disciples, not the inner 12, but the, the larger number of 70 or so that... Uh, followed Jesus, Um, and we're told one of them was called Cleopas. It's not clear who the other was, whether they were husband and wife, whether they were man and woman, or two men, or what exactly. But we can perhaps try to get ourselves into the the mindset that they had. They'd been following this new young rabbi for three years, or thereabouts, and were excited by the radical new 
transforming message that he gave and the things that he did, the way he was healing the sick and raising the dead and preaching a whole new message of the love of God uh, being incarnate among them. And then suddenly he's crucified and it's like, well, what's happened? Where do we go now? The scripture says they stood still and had their faces downcast as Jesus unrecognized came to them. And maybe we can identify with that state of mind that sometimes things happen to us that make us be downcast and confused and wondering where Jesus is in a particular situation. So that's where they are when the stranger walks up to them and is unrecognized by them. It's Jesus, but they don't see that it's Jesus. And sometimes, I guess, we're like that. We don't recognize the ways in which Jesus comes to us, particularly when we're in some kind of trouble or distress. We'll look at that a bit further in a minute. But here's a key point, I think. As they're walking on the way, they get to the place where they're going to be staying the night, and Jesus uh, carries on, or, or makes as if he's going to carry on. But they urge him to come and stay with them. And this would have been traditional Middle Eastern hospitality. It would have been the cultural norm for that time and place. But they could easily not have done it. They could easily have been so preoccupied with their own confusion and dejection that they would have let the stranger walk on by himself. And then just think what they would have missed. They wouldn't have recognized that it had been Jesus all along walking beside them. And I guess that's a challenge to us. Do we offer hospitality? Sometimes when we don't feel like it, sometimes when it's not convenient. But in so doing, who knows what blessing we may receive from the person that we welcome into our homes. Such an important and elemental human trait to be able to offer hospitality to somebody else. And so often that's the place where we encounter God, encounter Jesus in other people. So the meal proceeds and maybe just something about the way in which he broke the bread suddenly meant their eyes were opened and they saw this is Jesus himself right here amongst us in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our dejection, in the midst of our despair. Here is Jesus. And that moment of recognition changed everything for them, as indeed it can do for us. Now, the 16th century Italian artist Caravaggio painted this famous picture, which uh, hangs in the National Gallery in London, of this moment of recognition. He's taken a few liberties uh, with the thing. He has these artisans, the two men on the extreme left and right of the picture, in the costumes that would have been uh, current at the time, so they're not, they're not Middle uh, Near Eastern people at the beginning of the first century there. They're 16th century Italian laborers. And uh, he has the innkeeper, apparently, is a self-portrait of himself. Um, so he's just playing a little bit with the, with the text there. But I think the picture nevertheless captures this stunning moment when everything changes for these two men. They recognize this is Jesus, after all, as he breaks the bread.
and blesses it. And that's the moment of recognition that changes everything. I wonder if you can recall a time in your life when you recognized Jesus and it changed everything. I guess all of us who claim to be his followers must have had some experience like that at some time, and possibly more than once. It's all about that moment of recognition that changes everything. So the challenge for us from this is, do we recognize Jesus in unexpected places? It's very easy to allow our prejudices and our preconceived ideas and beliefs to stop us from seeing Jesus. When something happens, some person behaves in a way that uh, is surprising but perhaps helpful to us or maybe challenging, we can so easily miss Jesus coming to us in those kind of moments because of the source from which they come. And we can think, well, they don't believe the same as I do. They don't go to church. They're not a Christian. So that can't be Jesus, can it? Well, yes, it can. Because Jesus is not confined by our preconceived beliefs about him and by our own uh, understanding of where he should be and where he shouldn't be. That's clear enough if we read the Gospels and see the kinds of things and the kinds of people he hung around with in his physical presence on earth. They're not exactly what we might expect for the Son of God to be doing. And I believe that's still true today. Maybe one of the uh, slight weaknesses in, in most traditional Protestant theology is that we've sort of restricted our idea of the incarnation to a particular historic period when Jesus was on earth in human form. Now, of course, that is the preeminent meaning and expression of, of incarnation. Um, but because that happened, it means the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ, is able to indwell people, any people, any human being, ever since. And it isn't for us to say, well, that's Jesus and that isn't, sometimes. I mean, there may be times when it's important to make that distinction, but let's not allow our prejudices and preconceived notions and ideas limit what we see of the work of God, because we're not convinced of the provenance of where it's going on. <clears throat> I think that's a lesson I've had to learn time and time again in my life, and that I've had to lay aside preconceived ideas and realize, yes, Jesus is in this. may not be what I like, may not be what I expect, may not be how I've got used to recognizing and understanding him, but there's no doubt he's here. And I think this road to Emmaus story, uh, that's one of the lessons perhaps that it teaches us. Recognizing Jesus in the unexpected place. There's an old Celtic prayer called St. Patrick's Breastplate. <clears throat> this is just part of it, which sort of grasps this idea. Christ be with me, Christ within me. Christ behind me, Christ before me. Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. That emphasis there, 
on and stranger, I added just to, to reinforce this point. It's in the, the friend and the stranger. It's in the person we know and in the person we don't know that sometimes we recognize Jesus. So let's not miss his presence <clears throat> because of our preconceptions, prejudices, and belief system. So for Jesus to be present in people, in strangers, is we recognize that when, it, when it's an act of kindness, an act of help, an act of support, an act of hospitality, something that's ministering to us. And that requires that the other person, whoever they are, wherever they're from, whatever their background, situation, and belief, and whether they're aware of it or not, they're actually allowing the Spirit of Jesus to work through them towards us, to enable us to recognize, yes, this is Jesus here, even though I didn't expect him to be in this place in this way. So that then is a challenge to us. Can we be Jesus to friends and strangers? Are we ready and willing to do that simple act of kindness, to extend that hand of support and love, to offer that prayer, to offer hospitality, whatever it may be? If others, if Jesus could come to us in the form of a stranger, then we can bring him to others perhaps even though we are strangers to them. There's a famous prayer from St. Teresa of Avila, 14th century Spanish nun, one of the well-known mystics in Christian history, who wrote this. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. <clears throat> yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. So that's a challenge to all of us, isn't it? Because there's no denying the truth of those words. Jesus is not physically present in a human form anymore, but through his spirit, he can be present with any of us. And it is up to us to allow him to use us as his hands, his feet, his eyes, his body on earth through what we do to others. So that's the first and major point that I believed God had laid on my heart from this passage this morning. Uh, the second one, a little bit shorter, you'll be pleased to know perhaps, and links to what Mike was saying last week, which uh, <clears throat> is one of those divine incidences. I didn't know what he was going to preach on. He didn't know what I was going to preach on. Um, but there's a definite link between them. We're told that as the two reflected on their reaction to Jesus explaining the, the gospel to them, essentially, in verse 32. They said, were not our hearts burning within us while he walked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts 
burning within us. And that's, again, an experience which I hope all of us may have had from time to time. When God's Spirit works in our hearts, works in our lives, there's a reaction, and it's part of the ways in which we know experientially that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit are with us and are dealing with us and meeting with us. Uh, in medicine, we have things which we call diagnostic symptoms, so various sets of things that people experience can help us to decide, yes, this is what's gone wrong with them, because there's a common characteristic. Uh, this particular disease often manifests in this particular way. And I believe the, the experience of a burning heart, we can call a diagnostic symptom of the Holy Spirit at work within us. It takes many forms and comes in many shapes and sizes. But uh, the core elements are the same, really. And it links back to what Mike was saying last week uh, from Galatians. Just trying to find the verse, uh, 4 verse 6. Yes, here we are. Because you are sons, God spent, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. Since you're a son, God has made you also an heir. So it's that experience of the spirit working in our hearts, assuring us, convicting us, that we are sons of the Most High. And as we read through Scripture, the New Testament in particular, we find a number of uh, references to that kind of experience. So I wonder, what about you? Have you had the experience of your heart burning within you as you've realized this is a real encounter with God? Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Something is going on here. It isn't always about primary belief. Sometimes it's about being convinced that this is the way in which God is leading you, that something comes up and you think there's there's an echo in your heart. Yes, I I identify with that. That's for me. That's something that I need to do in God's service. But for some people, it's the way in which they first recognize that Jesus is personally interested in them. They're having a personal encounter with him. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So, There we are, just two thoughts from this well-known passage. Do we recognize Jesus in the unexpected place? And are we ones who are able to be Jesus to others? And do we experience the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Spirit of God to us in ways that makes our heart burn within us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways in which it instructs us, the ways in which it opens the eyes of our hearts to your work in us and within the world. We thank you for this passage. Thank you for the way that you were recognized by these two disciples who at first did not see who you were. Thank you that you have enabled us to recognize you. We pray that you would help us to be you, to show you, to others. And we thank you for that experience of the burning heart, what John Wesley called 
strangely warmed. Thank you for the ways in which you make yourself known to us, that you assure us of your reality and your presence in our lives from time to time. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be your body, that we would be able to show you to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.